Welcome in once again to the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined as I am uh, each week and twice weekly in the fall by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. The Talking Tide podcast available at our web host at Megaphone.com. Also, all the podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts. You can also uh, get us on YouTube. You can get us on Facebook as well. Uh, Travis, uh, quick thanks, by the way, for our sponsors, Peter Brook, Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates, and DraftKings. More on them a little later in the program. We're going to touch on a couple of topics here on a Sunday night. Or Travis, we'll start, of course, with the Heisman Trophy ceremony of last night. Uh, Bryce Young takes it home. It's Alabama's Second consecutive Heisman winner, its first quarterback Heisman winner, and its fourth Heisman winner overall. A big night for Young, and the voting, Travis, was really uh, pretty much the runaway that people expected. It was, and finally, as you said, get over that quarterback hump. And just in the Saban era, you've had some guys right on the doorstep of that award, Tuatanga Bailoa, Mac Jones. People forget A.J. McCarron, right, was a finalist. Uh, I guess back in 2013. So uh, had some really good quarterbacks just in the Saban era come up a little bit short, but Bryce gets Alabama over the hump. That's before we talk about the incredible lineage of guys that have played behind center uh, during the, the history of the program. Yeah, no question about it. And kind of a strange year for the Heisman too, Travis, and that the front, the preseason front runners just completely disappeared. And I get it that a lot of times the preseason front runner fades from the top and maybe finishes third or fifth. Uh, Sam Howell, though, the UNC quarterback, uh, the Daniels kid at Georgia, another one, Spencer, Spencer Rattler, Rattler at Oklahoma. I mean, I mean, these guys were right at the top in August, and they absolutely did a vanishing act and. Kind of left a, a, a wide-open race in the vacuum. Yeah, Rattler didn't even finish the season as a starter at yeah. Oklahoma. So uh, you're left to wonder where he's going to end up, I guess, for 2022. So life comes at you fast as a preseason Heisman candidate. And Bryce sort of traveled that road uh, less traveled, but here he is. What did you make, Travis, of the uproar, I guess you could call it, from the Alabama fan base that Will Anderson did not get invited to New York City as a finalist? My my thought on it, personally, I, I certainly thought he was deserving. I thought production-wise, he was clearly uh, a more effective and more productive player than was Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. On the other hand, if you understand how the voting works, it shouldn't be shocking uh, because the likelihood, notwithstanding the fact that I, I know Devontae Smith and Mac Jones both were finalists last year, uh, but that was abnormal. And the likelihood of getting two players from the same school on the finalist list based on how the voting works. It, it, it's a it's a long shot. It, it's it's a rare thing. You're just not going to get Heisman voters from the far west region, the northeast region, even the southwest, anywhere but the south region. You're not going to get Heisman voters to check the box for two players from one school out of their top three. 
No, I agree. Uh, you know, to me, if you're an Alabama fan, your outrage should be directed more at the defensive specific trophies and awards that Will Anderson did not win outside of the Nagurski. He didn't win the Benaric. He didn't win the Buckus for the top linebacker for crying out loud in college football. So I would get that more. My thing all along has been, you know, I agree. I think that Will Anderson very much deserving of finalist status, but at the same time, you didn't want it to become such a thing that it detracted from a guy from your same team's big moment. You know, it becomes more of the storyline than the guy who won it, who, by the way, was very deserving of winning it in landslide fashion like Bryce Young did. And, you know, I think Alabama fans truly had the best interest of everyone involved at heart. You know, it's take up the cause for Will Anderson. But, you know, for me, it was more about how did this guy not win more defensive specific awards? Uh, And you said correctly, it's very rare that you're going to get voters to go with multiple guys from the same program. I think a fair rebuttal to that is what we've seen from Will Anderson this year is pretty rare too. He was deserving. Yeah. There's no no question. He was just deserving. Yeah. My comment is more about the mindset. Oh, no doubt. You're right. Uh, Absolutely. I said the same thing. You know, he had a phenomenal year and I thought it was interesting as well. Travis, Will Anderson actually had more first place votes than CJ Stroud or Kenny Pickett. He had 31 of those. Stroud had 12. Pickett had 28. The difference is Pickett and Stroud loaded up pretty fat on second and third place votes, more so than did Anderson. And so at the end of the day, Anderson just wasn't on enough ballots altogether. Yeah, if Bryce Young, as you pretty much pointed out there, uh, was the first guy on a lot of ballots out West, Will Anderson wasn't going to be second or third, right? right? That's kind of the way that was going to go. And I would, I would venture to guess that if you just wanted to have, say, a Southern Heisman, that race between Bryce Young and Will Anderson was probably pretty close. Uh, I would, I would venture to guess, you tell me what you think, that on these ballots where Will Anderson showed up in the number one spot, I got to think almost all of them, if not all of them, were more from the Southeast or the East in general. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no question about it. That's an exposure thing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And look, you know, you go back and look at, you know, some of Pete Carroll's dominant years at USC. I'm sure there were a couple of U.S. Southern Cal guys on on three-man ballots out in that far west region then, and it might have made sense, right? Uh, but it's just it, – it's, uh, it, it's not something that's going to happen very often, notwithstanding uh, Jones and Devontae Smith uh, managing to, to pull that trick off uh, in 2020. Uh, that being said – a quick rundown of the top 10 after Will Anderson, who placed fifth. Uh, you had Kenneth Walker, the third, the outstanding running back at Michigan State, who had that huge game uh, against Michigan, which was a, a big upset win for the Spartans. Matt Corral at Ole Miss finishes seventh. Then it goes Desmond Ritter, the quarterback from Cincinnati, who Alabama will be facing in the national semifinal of the CFP. Jordan Davis, the big Georgia defensive tackle, Travis, finishes ninth with nine first-place votes. Guarantee you those were all from the South, too. (laughs) Uh, Making 
and uh, Atlanta, that triangle there, kind of, yeah. I would guess. Yeah, and then uh, Brees Hall, the outstanding running back at Iowa State, uh, rounded out your top ten. So there you have it, Bryce Young, your Heisman Trophy winner. Just a phenomenal year overall for him, Travis. Really lit it up from the get-go, and, and you, you just can't say enough about what this guy did as a first-year starter, particularly given the fact that he, he – he barely got his feet wet at all as a freshman in 2020. No, he really didn't uh, because of the circumstances involving COVID-19. Obviously, spring practice went away uh, in 2020. Uh, he was still very much the next guy in behind Mac Jones, but Mac was sensational. Uh, and for this guy to do not only what he's done – with sort of that limited ramp up, but also, as we talked about many times before, the transition to new receivers and a new offensive line in a lot of ways, uh, new skill players in general, even with Najee Harris moving on, just phenomenal what this guy was able to accomplish at the age of 20. A little bit of Alabama football roster news to get to as well. Travis, Josh Job, the uh, most experienced cornerback Alabama has, is going to miss the CFP. Uh, foot injury, it appears, reportedly uh, out for the balance of the CFP, however long that lasts for Alabama. It's a big blow. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, of course, we've seen him in action more here in the second half of the season, including replacing Jalen Armour Davis, I guess, in the Iron Bowl when he was dealing with that hip injury. Now it looks like McKinstry will be stepping in for Job. Yeah, um, you, you would think that Jalen Armour Davis would be okay to get back after missing those two starts, but, you know, it could be Kyrie Jackson that certainly gets more of a look now, the junior college transfer, and you had Marcus Banks go into the transfer portal. Um, so you're starting to work down that, that list on that two deep Jacquez Robinson uh, is a second year corner from Jacksonville, Florida. Maybe he moves up in that pecking order as well. You have some flexibility too, though, with a guy like Malachi Moore, some of those guys that cross train between star and safety have some of that ability. So uh, still have some guys, but um, yeah, the loss of Job, I think as much as anything, from a depth perspective, that starts to bring into play some guys we really haven't seen a lot at the most critical time of this season. Makes Jalen Armour Davis's availability all the more important, doesn't it? I think so, and I think Kyrie Jackson, physically, you're talking about a guy that's got all the physical skills to excel at the corner position. I mean, he's a 6'3 corner, a big corner. Um but he just doesn't have the game experience at this point. And you start jumping in there in a college football playoff scenario, maybe it works out uh, if he's needed. But I would think, yes, the preference would be uh, you've invested some significant reps into Kuwait at this point. Uh, he's played on some very big stages these last couple of times out. And then if you get Jalen Armour Davis back, you feel you feel okay about your corner situation. Down under three weeks to go before that college football playoff semifinal against those Cincinnati Bearcats. It'll be on New Year's Eve, uh, so uh, getting getting closer, and we'll be podcasting certainly some more between now and then. Going to move on here and thank a couple of sponsors here on the Talking Tide podcast. 
going to start by telling you all about North River Dental Associates. Dr. Jack Smalley, that great staff of dental hygienists over there at 1100 Fairfax Park over in Northport, right off of Watermelon Road, conveniently located for your dentistry needs, your family's dentistry needs. There is nowhere better to get the job done than North River Dental Associates, porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, endodontics, dentures, the always popular teeth whitening services, also now at North River Dental, Botox and Juvederm treatments for those facial features. So if you got an event coming up, you want to look your best, get in there, get a little teeth whitening done, maybe get a little facial, maybe a little, little pull with that Botox, whatever you might need. Dr. Jack will get you taken care of. The phone number over there, 752-3506. You can also reach him online at NorthRiverDentist.com. Yeah, that's one of those Christmas gifts with the Botox. You got to be careful with the misses with that. You don't want to intimate. It's not a stocking stuffer. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to maybe intimate that maybe some work is needed. You know what I'm saying? No. Um, but if you do and it's received that way, you want to know how you can make good on that good bread? You can go to Peter Brook Chocolatier <laughs> and you can correct a lot of wrongs with our good friends at Peter Brook. Also in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, you talk about stocking stuffers. Yeah. None better than Peter Brook Chocolatier. Um, they're going to take great care of you. And there's still time with the Christmas holiday upon us. 205-752-0211. If you have something specific you're looking for, maybe you want something delivered in the Tuscaloosa area, they can do that for you. They can also ship just about anywhere, pretty much anywhere. You can send that Peterbrook chocolate globally with Peterbrook chocolate here there. In Tuscaloosa, Alabama, man, that chocolate-covered popcorn, it's a real hit. All times of the year, the Alabama treats that you see there, they can custom make those for you as well. All of it waiting for you now at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Finally going to tell you about our corporate sponsor, and that would be DraftKings. Football fans, no better way to do it than the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of the National Football League. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It is just that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on NFL action with huge cash prizes all season long using the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. You see it right there on your screen if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook. You just bet $1 on any team to score. You win $100 in free bets. Pretty much giving away $100 to get you started on that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Again, you win with promo code TPPN this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And we will move Straight from there to basketball in this somewhat abbreviated episode of the Talking Tide podcast, Travis. Uh, last Saturday, it was uh, a big SEC championship win over Georgia, followed by a big win over Gonzaga. One Saturday later, uh, it's a big win for Bryce Young at the Heisman Trophy ceremony, and then a big home win for Alabama over a ranked Houston team 
and a thriller by one point, Travis. Absolutely. Uh, tremendous uh, basketball game. Uh, both teams very tough. I think Houston under Kelvin Sampson certainly has that designation of being the tougher team most times out. And I think that, you know, that was kind of the question for Alabama going into that game Saturday night. We know Alabama is immensely talented, immensely skilled, especially at the guard positions. Uh, they feel like they've upgraded in some ways, certainly in the post with Charles Bediaco coming in. Um, but again, Houston, with the way they grind you down defensively, they test you for 40 minutes. And I think that was the biggest uh, encouraging sign to come from this win for Alabama was that they held up to it. Yes, it was on Alabama's home four, but really good Houston team. And uh, Alabama gets it done there in the final moments. Uh, J.D. Davison, not a starter, but you see him on the floor late in a tight game like that sort of matchup with Houston. I think that says plenty about the freshmen and, he got it done both on the offensive glass in that final moment and then kind of the defensive rim, I guess you could say. All replay looked like you know, pretty much the ball was off the rim. It wasn't above the cylinder. So I know there was a lot of consternation about that final sequence there. But, boy, that's the kind of win, kind of game in general. You can get a lot of value out of if you're Nate Oates moving forward. Yeah, really a wild ending there after the final horn goes off. Kelvin Sampson, instead of shaking hands with Nate Odes, he tries to chase the officials uh, into the tunnel, see if he can get him back out there to take another look at it. And, Kel and Kellen Sampson and his son, Kel yeah. Kelvin and Kellen, both got uh, after him pretty good. Stafford turns over a trash can, a Houston Cougar. That was Kellen. Was that Kellen, Kellen issued a, a, an apology via Twitter Sunday Oof. night. Yeah. yeah, and uh, apparently Kelvin called Greg Byrne, the Alabama Athletics Director, to apologize and they don't. So, you know, I don't know the last time professional wrestling made its way to Coleman Coliseum, <laughs> but kind of had the feel of Jerry Lawler. And maybe some some of that type of stuff. Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman back in the day, maybe with that with that finish. A couple of cops, I think, even holding some, some yeah. players back from crazy uh, from going after the refs. It was pretty wild. I'm like you, though. I, I, I there's no question that ball got touched above the rim, but it was out of the cylinder from, right. from my vantage from the angle I saw. Yeah, it wasn't directly above the cylinder. It was out of the cylinder. Yeah. And uh, it was just. Again, sort of a display of athleticism. As much as anything, it kind of just took your breath away the way Davison made that play and mm -hmm. uh, seemingly just got up, not even so much as high as he got up, but as quickly as he got up there. So, um, you know, Shackelford was big down the stretch. They were wondering a little bit there if they were going to get enough out of their guards other than Javon Quinterly, right? Quinterly, I thought, was great. Took care of the basketball in the second half. The one guy you could trust on the basketball against uh, the way Houston plays those high ball screens and just perimeter defense in general was Javon Quinterly. But then Shackelford with a big four-point play, another three uh, in addition to that. So uh, Shaq was big down the stretch. Quinterly was pretty much good throughout the game. And, Alabama did get to the free throw line 31 times and 
made 24 of them. And when you look at free throw differential, that helped Alabama make up for just getting hammered on the glass, specifically the offensive glass. Yeah, there's no question. There were a lot of uh, a lot of fouls piled up on that Houston side. They had 28 fouls for the game. I think they certainly had the vast majority of those uh, in the first half. Offensive rebounding, though, a big problem for Alabama. Travis, they gave up 21 offensive rebounds to the Cougars, including nine from Jawan Roberts. That was an issue really throughout the game. Yeah, you look at Josh Carlton and Jawan Roberts off the bench, and they combined for 23 points and 19 rebounds between the two of them. And then you look at Betty Ako and Noah Gurley, both of whom fouled out. Ten fouls, five each for those guys. One rebound apiece for Charles Betty Ako and Noah Gurley. So yeah. give, you know, Jawan Gary played his ass off. He was big in this game in terms of non-perimeter players. Um, and, and look, Gurley gave him eight points, so there was some point production to come from him. Betty Ako was seven, so you did get some of that from those guys. But, you know, down the stretch, it was really about the guard play, even, again, on the offensive stick back by Davison. And, you know, Quinterly made a lot of that happen, though, because he was so successful getting to the paint and getting to the rim that at that point, he's attracting a couple of guys. Uh, and when that happens, as you know, that weak side rebound, that offensive rebound possibility presents itself, and Davison made good on it. Quinterly is really smooth when he gets to the cup. There's no doubt about it. Had eight assists in the game. I believe that was a team high as well. So uh, a heck of a game for for him, no question about it. All right, that is going to wrap us up for uh, this shortened edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Thankful for our listeners and viewers for sure. Travis and I will reconvene again uh, here in a week or so. But until then, for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodred of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. We'll talk to you next time here on Talking Tide.